Good evening. Let's try it again. Good evening. Good evening. We're going to spend a week together. We might as well get that figured out real quick. Um, everybody knows me really well at church, and that's that's just me. But um, I like an interaction, and uh, believe that in a lot of ways that part of revival is not just you listening to me, but number one, listening to God, but also the interaction with each other as well. I don't know really any of you except for Dennis, and I knew Dwight's face, and that's about it. And uh, I don't know what you're expecting this week, what kind of a preacher you were expecting, what kind of messages you're expecting, but I hope and trust that um, God will have His way, His name will be honored and glorified. I'm going to be really open with you all. Um, I was trying to figure out where you all were geographically. And so one evening at work, I was in the office and thanks to Google, I looked you all up. Now, you all got a website. Where I come from, we're lucky to have a phone number. Um, I listened to, of course, as a minister, I seen that you had could click on the minister's the messages that you all had. And I came home and I told my wife, why did they ask Aaron? Um, y'all, have, y'all have been fed very well. And I think it's due to the fact that your ministers have studied and your all's prayers. And so I, I do ask an interest in your prayers. My wife did remind me Dennis didn't call you to be one of them but to be whatever God has called me to be. And uh, that is my desire is that God is honored and glorified this week. <clears throat> and my desire is also that we would... Dennis, by the way, had given a an introduction to my message this evening, and I just about wanted to tell him to keep going. And that is the message that I have entitled this evening is... The Word, God's Manual for Life. Now before I go in, this is actually kind of an introduction that I'm planning on um, preaching somewhat of a series, if I could say. Uh, my home congregation would know very well. I do a number of series of messages. And one series that has probably affected me and my life in studying has been the book of Genesis. And I realize we're going through Genesis in Sunday school, but you'll probably see we'll be hitting it from a little different angle in that. Um, question is, maybe to you all, what got me into Genesis? First of all, in, it has been known among those who know Hebrew that if there is a word in the Hebrew language or rather in the English language that is not in the Hebrew language, it either does not exist or is not a good idea. As for coincidence is one word. Think about it. Is coincidence a reality? God has a plan for everything, and you and I may never find that out, what that that reason was. But God is in control. 
Um, there is other words. We're going to go through some of those in, in the evenings to come. Some years ago, I had the opportunity to work with an Orthodox Jew and had the opportunity to work in their homes. I don't know if you have very many of those around. I didn't, didn't check. But in Cleveland, I got to be with them quite a bit. One of the things that you will find is they will study the Old Testament like we should be studying the whole Bible. And I had developed a fairly close relationship with one man. And, and we would have sometimes travels four or five hours one way. And we would have a discourse. He would tell me of their beliefs. I would tell him mine. We were free to share. Even though we were disagreed, we, we were free to share with a lot of that. One night, uh, it was some time ago, Oh, we had just, I guess, one of those discouraging times. And it seemed like things were spiraling out of control. And I know preachers are supposed to have everything in order and everything is... Well, thank you, Dennis. You look like hey, you might agree with me. But we like to make it look like we have it all all in order. But one night it didn't feel that way. Um seemed like... Uh, the better I got paid, the quicker the money left, and and I was never had time for home. And I got to thinking about it. When we worked in the Jewish communities, these men would have prayer every morning and every night at the synagogues. They would get together at about 7 in the morning, and they would be congregating, and about 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, they would go to work. Or before they would go to work, we've seen many of the families strolling down the sidewalk, before the man would go to work. And yet, we Americans, rest of us were flying around our jobs and they seemed to have the time. And interestingly enough, if you look statistically, the Jew represents about 1% of 10% of the world's population. And yet, they run 70% of the world's finances. Why? And that made me think about that. And I was like, where is the answer? What is the answer to that? I want to know. And so that night I started to check into that. And I was also going to say one of the things that's interesting is you can, many of those that are running it come are survivors of the Holocaust. Many of them totally stripped of everything that they've had. There's a lot of mythology about why it is. Many of them say they're genetically that way. Others say they're extremely intelligent, and I would not argue that, although many of them would say it is. They, like us, do not have the television either. Um, Their families are very much book-oriented, and uh, they're very much into education that way. One of the others that I hear the most is they're God's chosen. That's just the way it is. None of us can help it. 
And it's true, they were called out. But if you look in Genesis, God called Abraham out and he said, You are by you and your posterity, saying this in my own words, you are blessed to bless other families and other nations. I decided to do a number of studies with the rabbinical studies. They will tell you the secret. Now, this morning I'm going to make one, or this evening rather, I'm going to make one quick disclaimer. And this is not going to be about health and wealth gospel. But this is, I'm just telling, explaining this is how I'm coming about to this. They will tell you that the secret, if you brought your Bible, you have brought your secret to success in every way of life. In every aspect of life. If you will turn to John, the first chapter, and this is going to be basically the introduction. I just want to bring this out very clearly that so often we bring the Bible and we look at the Bible for, you know, our spiritual help. We look at it, you know, for our spiritual food and that is very good. But we end up putting it on the shelf and look all other places for all the other answers. The scripture has got an answer for everything in life. The issue is, is that treasure is never found on the surface. Rarely. It has to be dug into. The gold mines that you find, you're not going to find them on the surface of the ground. They're going to have to be dug in. And they're going to have to be found. And the scripture is a very same way. There's so much treasure that is found in that. It says here in verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 1 of John 1. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of that light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name." which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and the, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God, when he created the world, created it absolutely perfect and without sin. One thing I want us to keep in mind as we go through these studies this week is that God is in the building business. He's in the constructing business, whether it is in our families, whether it is in our character, whether it is in our church. God is in the building business. He was back in the creation. And when man follows after him, he is in the building business. But we notice back in Genesis when Satan came and and. Man had fallen and had followed him. 
They followed in a destructive way. Didn't take long. We know that any of us who know the scripture know that the, the, the next generation, which was Cain, had committed murder. And then we have, we have the, we have the time of Noah, and we're going to be looking at that, um, one of these evenings. But we have that time of Noah where, where everyone was wicked upon the face of the earth except for Noah and his family. We also have the, um, the time of the Tower of the Babel. Time and again, men kept going down the wrong path because they had followed after, after Satan. God then calls Abraham out, and I'm giving you a shortened version of this. And he calls him out to be a nation, to be an example. And one of the blessings that he, he was, his, the posterity of Abraham, there's two major blessings. Number one blessing, the posterity, was, which is Jesus Christ. It was through Him that all the world is blessed. The greatest blessing. But one of the other blessings that is great that we take for granted is the Word of God that you and I bring. I realize that the New Testament may have been not been written totally by, by the Jew, but the Old Testament was brought to us through the Hebrew people. Now try to learn the New Testament without the Old Testament. It's pretty tough. In fact, I'll quick give you an illustration. Um, back when I was with the youth, there was a, a, a girl who was converted from the community from a very rough lifestyle. She come to, to Christ through one of the ministry, totally confused until she went back to the creation. She said, now I got it. She never knew the creation story. Never heard it. And when things just happened, it didn't make sense. She had to go back, all the way back to what is foundational, even to our faith today. So believe me, as we look at, I know this may sound a little unusual, to be looking at Genesis for a revival, but it helps us to understand the New Testament even all the more. So we know that God had given it this, the word to Moses. And he had given this manual to him for life. As I think of a manual, I think of a time back when I worked for my dad in the mechanic shop. When I would be given a tractor maybe to overhaul the engine, dad would always go back and he would get an IT manual. And he'd say, here it is, follow it. Now, there were times when being 16 years old, I thought I knew a little bit more than what was written. And I thought there were shortcuts. Had to be shortcuts through some of these, some of these uh, specs. And the one time the outcome was I had to tear the entire engine back apart. Because I didn't follow that manual. I thought I knew. And, and my thoughts went to that as, as Dennis, uh, quoted that scripture in Isaiah, where we don't understand God's thoughts. God's thoughts are so much higher. And His thoughts are written in the Word. 
In life, we're fortunate if we can tear things back apart and follow again. Now, going back to John, we know that this is basically speaking about Christ. But one thing you and I can't do, it says in the beginning was the Word, and it talks about the Word. You cannot take the Word, Christ, Trinity, you cannot take those apart. Those are so tightly interwoven to the point that when we hear that people follow the Spirit and it's against Christian or against biblical principle, we know for a fact that it is not the fact that they're listening to the Holy Spirit. Because never will God go against His Word. And His Word, any of us who have been in business know very well today a handshake doesn't do the job. I'm an auctioneer part-time. And to get, to go to a farmer or whoever it may be, and to make an agreement and say, okay, we've agreed on this and that's good enough, the state will not recognize that. What has to happen? It has to be put in writing. Every agreement has to be put in writing. God, by design, put His Word in writing. You and I have that privilege tonight. We have the written word that is here. And there are so many truths that are in this. The beautiful thing of it is, is that there is life in the word. It says, and in him was life and the life was a light of men. Everything in the Word brings things to light. No matter what part of our lives that we look at, we have, we have that blessing. You know, in all reality, we do when we go against what the Word when we're in disobedience to the Word, I don't think we realize how much we disappoint people around us. Going back to the Jews, one of the things that I don't understand, I've said before, as I've looked into Genesis, the New Testament becomes so clear, and I don't understand why rabbis can't get it, because it becomes very clear. One of the things that really is frustrating to some of them is Christianity has taken on, quote Christianity, could I say, has taken on so much of trying to follow a mythical spirit and ignoring everything in the Scriptures. It does not go hand in hand. And once you find that once they find those who want to follow in the Word, it is actually something that really stands out to them. And there is a reason the psalmist says to trust 
in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways, in all thy ways. Acknowledge him, and guess what's going to happen? He's going to direct our paths. How do we acknowledge him? We acknowledge him through prayer, but it doesn't stop at that. If you and I want to really know, he's given us all kinds of avenues. Aside from brother, brothers in the church, brothers and sisters, he's given us the word to give us direction in every which way of life. <clears throat> the other thing that is special about God's word is that the word has been, has been given power through the death of Christ. I want to go into Hebrews chapter 9. Verse 15. It says, and for this cause, he is a mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people, according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats, and with water and scarlet wool and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood there is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often. As a high priest entered into the holy place every year with the blood of others, for them must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Now, the one word that stands out to me here is the word testament. God gave... His law in the Old Testament. He gave His promises in the New Testament. Jesus had given the promise 
of mansions, and we could go on and on and on about all the promises. We could spend the rest of the night on promises. What's interesting about this is, as I look at the word testament, I'm going to give you a little bit of an illustration. Some years ago, my wife and I went and had a will made. On the outside of that packet, it says the testament of Aaron Mast on the one. And the other one was a testament of Lorna Mast. Right now, those papers are no good. They don't mean a thing right now. When do, when will they mean anything? Does anybody care to say, when will they mean anything? When I'm no longer, that's a nice way of putting it. (laughs) I'd say when I'm dead, but anyhow, that's a hillbilly in me from southern Missouri. That's okay. But you see, it's interesting. We get many people who um, I talk to who say, I'm the executor for my father. Okay, when did he pass away? Oh, he hasn't passed away yet. Sorry, you're not an executor yet. He has to die before you can be an executor. He has to die before those papers mean anything. And you can't inherit a thing. I don't care if there's a million dollars in there. You can't inherit a dollar until he dies. Guess what's happened in the testament we got here? We have a Christ who died to give this power. Every promise is true because he died for it. And you and I can inherit it because he died. That is a beauty of the scripture that we have is the fact that we have a living testament tonight. I'm not going to keep you a whole lot longer. Um, I know that you all have activities as well. I do ask that you would pray for this week um, that God would direct and uh, His name would be honored and glorified Again, as I've said before, this week, my desire is, number one, that God's name would be honored and glorified. Number two, that we would, that the, the thirst for His Word, the thirst for God, would be, would be all the more. And that we would have that desire more fervently. <clears throat> and this, this week, that is where I want to direct our mind is His Word. I want to give the time over to Dennis.